Hey, it's Brandon Kirkman, one of the Hollywood Kaiju bad boys, and I'm here to tell you we got an email now. Uh, we recently found out we have a viewership, and we'd love to start taking your questions, recommendations, or erotic fan art and fan fiction you've written about us. If you have any of those things for us, email us at podzukipodcast at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-Z-O-O-K-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. If you don't know how to spell Gmail, you are not on the internet. Anyways, send us some questions there. We'll answer them on one of these episodes soon, and it's going to be a fun new segment. And uh, here's a really good episode. Get out of my house. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels are still since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all to the beat. Have a ball. This feels much harder to talk though when you when you watch a good film though, because it's like I know. It's like yeah, let's razz on this butthole. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. I think I think that speaks volumes right there. Um, should we we should just get into it then? I feel like yeah. I mean, let's 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 start the way we always do. Yeah. Welcome to Podzuki. We uh, talk about Godzilla and sometimes kaiju films. And in this case, it's definitely kaiju films because we did not watch a Godzilla film. Uh, I think we're just going to get into the thick of it. We watched uh, Daimajin, which was um, shot in 1966, and I think. I'm, this might be breaking the pattern of going into how I feel about the film before we get through, but I really enjoyed it. It was really good, and now it's going to be hard to make fun of this film for like an hour. <laughs> and we've enjoyed movies we've watched in the past. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we've yeah. enjoyed a few. We still talk about it for like an hour. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I liked it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should get to uh, we should get to everybody too. I just realized. So I'm one of your co-hosts, Brandon Kirkman. I'm uh, another one of your co-hosts, Martin Felschman. I'm your main host, Luke Flip. Whoa, okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. And if anybody's main host, it's Brandon, because we always use his apartment. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> Which is lovely, by the way. Oh, thank you. And then that's, hey guys, it's our guest for this episode. Hey, it's Rebecca Lozier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 10% we got more I'm so sorry. <laughs> My wife. I'll see myself out. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Borat does come up a lot up on this podcast, but I mean, it's <laughs> just natural. We just gotta go with it. Yeah, dude, this is, I, like, I didn't know what to expect. I don't have a background in mid-century Japanese cinema at all. Um, so, I, all I know is I showed up, I watched a pretty good movie, yeah. and you guys were like, well, it's not usually this good, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so we, yeah, sorry. It was a weird thing to be, like, apologizing the whole film, like, being like, oh, we're really enjoying this, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, well, this was supposed to be awful, you were supposed to hate these characters, I'm so <laughs> It's still probably, like, still, like, golden age Japanese cinema. Yeah. I could yeah. say, like, uh, Akira Kurosawa is still around. He's does stuff up until, like, the early 70s. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kurosawa, actually, he uh, directed films his whole career until he passed away, even up into the late 90s. Uh, really? I, I thought he died way sooner than that. Oh, no. He was around for a while. He He's another one of those directors and artists that actually tried to kill himself at one point and didn't take, so he's like, well, I'll just keep making movies. Yeah. Well, I thought his last movie Damn. ran... No. That wasn't his last movie? Uh, I know the latest film I watched of his was Dreams, which was a compilation of just weird dreams he had throughout his life, really well directed, but kind of boring. Um, <laughs> and that came out, always is yeah. when you're talking about your dreams. And that came out, I believe, like, 95, 96, and I know he had one or two films, like, that came out before he passed away in, like, those early 2000s when he passed away. 
Editor's note, Akira Kurosawa passed away September 6, 1998. Go watch Yojimbo and pour out a 40 for your boy. Uh, I forgot the exact date. I'll look it up later. Uh, you guys can Google it. You're already on the internet. Um, well, wouldn't yeah. be surprised, like, halfway through this film to find out who directed it? You were like, oh, Yeah, I was going to talk about that a little bit. The director was Kimiyoshi Yasada, and uh, he's uh, actually one of the main directors of all the Zadoichi films, which are pretty good samurai films of about a blind swordsman from, like, the 50s and 60s in Japan. And uh, he didn't direct the original one, but he directed a lot of the more famous and well-shot ones, and that was, like, really evident in this film, because... Mm. Man, this thing was really well shot. Yeah. Um, we'll get into it as we talk about the movie, but all the special effects, the framing, the cinematography, just really good. Like, yeah. frighteningly good, even for today's standards, I feel like. Um, but we yeah. could just we just could just start summarizing and get into that story of it. Yeah. Well, the, the main difference between this and every other movie we watched is it's a period piece. Yes. It's placed, and I don't know if you'd say feudal or Edo period. Japan. Yeah, it's Edo uh, Japan. Yeah, no, not that Meiji shit. We're not. Doing that. <laughs> this is straight up Edo Japan because uh, the reason you can always identify is because if you see guns, that's when it started to change. Because Edo mm. was when the basically the way the samurai was going out, and they started to change to more of a modern capitalistic society. Yeah, so around the time of like Ronin and stuff. Yeah. Oh man, Ronin's. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> what a cool concept. If you like thought, well, samurais are cool, how do you make them cooler? Make them rogue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, like the same time period that like Yojimbo takes place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about that, but my favorite film of all time, Yojimbo. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's of course it's a, a Kira Kurosawa classic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I love that film so much. I want to see Sanjuro, the sequel, where that like, Originated blood and guts. Yeah, that one's so fun. Oh my, because it's over the top, and they have so much fun with that too. Let's just make this the Yojimbo podcast. Yeah, well, well, how they started that was like it was a mistake. Like, dude is supposed to get cut in the chest, and supposed to just be like some blood come out, but the hose broke, and like this jet for stream blood <laughs> pours out from his kimono like it, it was apparently so powerful that it almost lifted the actor off the screen <laughs> and blasted him back but that was like one of the first movies that ever had like a huge like blood money shot like yeah. that is, is blood money shot a real term because let's make that a real term I mean I'm sure somebody said it yeah. said that sequence of words before I'm sure yeah. it's been googled yeah but uh before we get on to the actual film, I do want to say this. The reason I love Yojimbo so much is because it's that perfect combination of like a good, gritty story that you really care about the characters, but there's like a really good sense of humor in it as well as development for all the people you really like. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect, I feel like, balance of all the things I like in films. Yeah. So, welcome to Roger Ebert's podcast. <laughs> We're just a bunch of nerds nerding out on film, guys. Let's talk yeah. about Ugetsu now. Um, let's get back to Daimajin. Yeah. So... The film starts off uh, smash cut to... Um, I gotta stop saying that because I actually say that as a joke on a movie podcast I like, so that's just ripping off. Um, <laughs> uh, check out the Flophouse sometime. It's a really good podcast. It's usually better than this. Um, it it usually... opens up with the Chamberlain of... What's the the heroes or the, the good guy, the good king? What's his name? Uh, that's the oh, Hanabasa. Hanabasa, yeah. yeah. We knew the Will Chamberlain joke was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting how long it was going to happen in this. Yeah, well... I, I wanted to open with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hanubasa's Chamberlain has decided he's going to take over the castle. Mm. Yeah. He has enough cronies to deal with anybody who's loyal to Hanubasu. And so he's just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm yeah. going to kill all these people. And pretty cool scene. Like, some okay yeah. sword choreography. Yeah. 
kind of like really gets into the action pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And it sets up kind of a good like pacing of it. It almost, I mean, this is maybe putting it too far ahead of its time, but like it reminded me almost of Fury Road where it has that start of like, we're just going to start it and the action's going to keep going. It does slow down in this film, of course. It's not like Fury Road where it just keeps going, but I really yeah. like that setting for it. And uh, I also like, this movie has really good writing too because there's a lot of really good lines. Like I like when uh, the main bad guy, uh, Simon, was it Simon Sase or something like that? I wrote it down. Samanosuke. Samanosuke. Waluigi. Yeah, Waluigi. Yes. And Walu- so, is the main bad guy, but let's get this out of the way right away. He has a crony named uh, Gungoro, but he looks like Wario. There's no, like... If, if yeah. Wario were dressed up as, like, a samurai. Yeah. With, like, a top bun and oh, stuff. Oh, there's, there's gotta be, like, a WarioWare game where, he's look, where he looks like that. At least some um, fan art, if nothing else. I'm going to yeah. look this up, actually. And until you said that, Brandon, I did not realize, and then I just couldn't unsee it. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I mentioned because I think you guys had this look that was like just burning in the back of your minds. Like, he looks like something, yeah. but what... Yeah, recognize this guy. Yeah, I've seen him around. Something with garlic and... <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so... Uh, Sa- was it Salmon Salmon Sasuke? Mm-hmm. I forgot. Salmonosuke. Salmonosuke. Oh my gosh! And that is him. Yeah, that's one hundred percent him. Yeah. I think I'll find a way to put this up when we actually upload the episode. But that's uh, it. Martin found fan art of Wario as a samurai. It looks exactly like the character. Yeah. So that's that's beautiful. Um, but yeah, the reason I mentioned that is uh, they had a lot of good lines because when he's taking over the castle, he says like, "I'm no longer indebted to you, but don't feel ill will uh, ill will towards me." But also, I will defeat you. And it's like, oh man, this is gonna be a cool movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like we watched the YouTube ver- like the YouTube whatever version was on YouTube, and uh, I feel like some parts of the translation wasn't very good. Like the, yeah. the yeah. translations were literal. Like when the king's mm-hmm. dying, he says, "I'm bitter." I'm yes. sure that was probably much more poignant in the original Japanese. Like. It was probably something more like, I'm betrayed, or yeah. I've been... Luke, when my father died, <laughs> he yelled, I'm bitter. I don't want you to insult his memory. <laughs> there you was know. one part, that's a good observation, though, because there's one part with the priestess where they're, um, where she tells them to get out of her house because they're going to anger, the, she's like, you're going to anger the god if you're, if you're staying here. And she's talking to these, you know, these enemies who are far above her station, and um, and it, yeah, it translated into something really simple, just like, yeah, get out of here. But she kept talking for a bit, and I was like, oh, there's some good stuff that yeah, she's we're, saying. We're missing out. Good <laughs> stuff. Because it was a really complicated thing that she was yeah. telling them, and then it's like, okay, there's more, I know there's more to it than yeah. that. Yeah, not just get out of here, just get out of here, you dinguses. Yeah. Like, we're missing out on that right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, as we're saying, that uh, when Lord Hanabasa is getting killed, that's not really spoiling, because right away, basically, they come in, they start chopping him down, mm-hmm. and he has these two darling kids that are running around, so like, okay, these kids are definitely going to get rescued, which they yeah. do. And they kill his wife, their, their mom, yeah. also. Yeah, yeah that was brutal. pretty, a lot of it, so the movie does a lot of good framing shots where it's not like brutal stuff you see, but you like see the sword going in from behind, and you're like, ooh, that's got to hurt, which yeah. is, I mean, once again, good filmmaking, just Yeah, in probably more because of like limitations and technology than it was that they weren't willing to show somebody getting stabbed in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is also where I want to bring up like the, the filmography for this film is so good because I like the, a lot of parts where they had them like running around and running away from the troops. They had a really cool shot where they're running off in the foreground they come back around in the background as the troops are following them through. Which would sound very Scooby-Doo-esque, but how they did it, it looked really good. <laughs> it did, yeah. yeah. The scale of all the effects and the scale of the set throughout the whole thing was was incredible. And, you know, you can see they're destroying um, all, all these buildings and they're setting stuff on fire. And uh, it's all like the real side. And they're able to use it almost like a stage yeah. set, you know. The camera follows them through, so it's definitely filmic. But it's like, that that's real buildings and stuff that they're yeah. using. 
And yeah, the film also used a lot of like really good colors and lighting yeah. for it, and like a lot of good smoky scenes for like how they would do it. It had a very like almost dreamlike look to the whole thing, which was nice. Uh, but yeah, so to continue with the plot, basically, uh, Co- was it Kogenta or something like that? Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah, Kogenta. Kogenta is like the samurai that the basically the samurai lord father is like, hey, get my kids out of here. He's like, you got it, boss. So he grabs, <laughs> he grabs the kids and basically trying to run away from the troops. They get stuck in this kind of main household part of the castle. And the uh, Waluigi, or sorry, Wario, screams like, okay, well, they're in there right now. Just burn it down. And we're like, okay, so they just take the castle. They're going to burn it all down. Great. Yeah. yeah. And that's literally what they do. Like, literally, they try to kill the kids. They get out of there while they're escaping while it's burning down. And they literally burn down the whole castle. Which... I don't know if they just, they were in the stables. I think yeah. they just burned down the stables. Yeah. Like, surely think... the stables oh, aren't that's... exactly connected to the castle. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I mean, not to cut too far ahead, but I think they did end up burning down the whole castle if it was the stables because. Uh, after the kids get out of there, they escape to their aunt. And the aunt's kind of a main character because earlier in the film, she's doing this weird tribal dance and spiritual kind of like... Oh, well, she's a seminar. priestess. She's yeah, the priestess. Yeah. Uh, her name was uh, also Shinobu, which is pretty badass. I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if like the translation of aunt was actually more like some kind of Osama or something. Yeah. Like some kind mm-hmm. of honorific that they just translated aunt yeah. for the English. And what does Shinobu mean? Why is that badass? Uh, it's like a, usually a ninja name. So it's like, oh, nice. like a female ninja, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, because she has that basically spinterest thing going of like she never married. She just worships the gods and everybody's like, this crazy old coot, but you know like she's got a heart of gold so she's going to help those kids out. Mm-hmm. At so, one point, um, I know it's not Waluigi. I know I've said his name a bunch of times, but he's but he's like he's like she has no. Fear. This is a woman without fear. Yeah, I think <laughs> going on. We've done this for quite a few episodes. We're just gonna call the king bad guy Waluigi and his yeah. his second hand <laughs> Wario. Because I mean, listen, we couldn't unsee it. Because it's another thing we brought up too. So yes, the ma- the second hand command bad guy looks like Wario, but also the main bad guy kind of has the same eyebrows and looks so. It is a little Waluigi-esque, I feel like. We can get away with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically, Wario's chasing them out, and then he goes to the ant's house, because he's like, well, of course, because you're going to go to the ant's house. She hides them after basically saying, like, get out of my house, I worship the gods, I don't got to deal with your shit. They don't find the kids, and he's like upset, it's like, well, I'll come back and deal with you later. And of course, she gets the kids out, they start going up to the hills, and that's kind of where the film starts taking the rest of the story, because they're basically trying to do, like, boom, 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 here's... Here's the plot of the film. This is going to be a really good revenge film oh, just they, leading up to it. They spent like five seconds searching that house. Yeah, that was another thing <laughs> I should bring up too. That was the quickest search scene we've ever seen in a film. Like, I know that house wasn't just one room. Yeah. Like, they didn't check anywhere. Even if it was one room, I think you would spend more time looking around than they did. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, once again, the film was really well shot and I liked everything about it, but that part was kind of silly where they go in and they say, search the house, and literally five seconds later, we didn't find anything. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, you didn't have time to find it. Well, this is good, than, better than a lot of movies we watch because it doesn't really linger. Yeah. Well, moments yeah. it doesn't need to. Occasionally it kind of does. No, but... no, like, if, if, if this were like a normal Godzilla film, they would have spent eight minutes intently searching that house <laughs> yeah. just so they would have to show less kaiju. Yeah, cracking jokes that don't make sense in English. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's banana oil, Luke. Oh. <laughs> Is that a joke that you guys have seen? Yeah, that was yeah. one of the subs, or no, one of the dubs we watched for uh, Godzilla film. Um, that was Godzilla Raids Again. Godzilla Raids Again, which was pretty bad. Um, but at one point, one of the dub lines was, oh, that's banana oil. I'm like, that's not a slang anywhere. Right. I don't know, I think it might in the, like, the 50s, it might have been a slang thing. Because I, mean, I, I feel like I heard it said somewhere else on something recently, but... Yeah, it's it still, might have been still us. stupid. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, it could have been one of you guys. Yeah. 
Um, so they basically run off into the mountains and they say that they'll be protected there because they're the mountain of the gods. So Yeah, it's a forbidden mountain because yeah. of the god, which, like, they keep talking about, like, okay, they pray to the god to keep away Majin, which you assume is, like, an evil god. Yeah. But I think they're the same thing, like, the warrior god who sealed away Majin. Yeah, it's a little unclear. Yeah, they have, like, a couple of names for him. But I think that's kind of cool. That, o- o- yeah. Okani Dani. Okami Dani. Yeah. Is that the name they have? Oh, yeah. Of? That's something like that. Okami Dani. Uh, yeah. Because they had, like, because it's the giant warrior statue that is inhabited by the god. And then the statue itself, they were saying, seals in the monster, Najin. Yeah. Which it, I, always, I kept on taking to mean, like, he was, like, in front of, like, the mouth of the cave or something. But I think after a while, it's kind of like god and monster get intertwined. And that's, I kind of wish I could understand japanese fluently yeah. just to like see if that was because if it's if it is intent if it's if because there is something interesting there if it's like the god and monster line is blurred yeah um but i don't know if it's blurred or if i just don't speak japanese. i mean it's one of those things because the folklore i know decently because i really like mythology in general and uh with like kami and spirits in japan they're always seen as like a force of nature that are hard to control mm-hmm. and but like basically like a really primitive just destructive force uh I think they capture that pretty well for the film, and it's that same thing where like everybody doesn't know how it quite works, but they know it's going to be angry and destroy things. Well, almost kind of like Greek or Roman gods. Like if they like you, they'll be okay, but you have to like give them something for them to like you. They're yeah, not just, right. They're not just good because they're good. Your oh. humans are not their main priority. Yeah, like, yeah. They're not going to go out of their way necessarily. Help you. Yeah, yeah. It's like American celebrities. And banana oil <laughs> yeah. was apparently a uh, a slang term in the twenties. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. that's still really off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like they let the grandpa in back in the day. Like, let's let grandpa write a few lines for this 60 film here. It's going to be a punch-up writer. Yeah. The example sent us here is, he poured banana oil in her ear, telling her flattering sweet lies to lure her heart. That sounds dirty. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm wow. assuming pouring banana oil in her ears is a metaphor. No. I've poured some banana oil back in my ears <laughs> yeah. in college. You know what I'm talking I mean, about, guys. This says right here, this is to be taken very literally. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really true, what you're reading? No. Oh, dang. I really fell for it for a second. Like, oh, man. The, t- the 20s were weird. <laughs> um, yeah, but getting it back on track, so they escape to the mountains because even the the new evil rule, they're, I wouldn't say they're hesitant about the gods and beliefs, but for some reason, even they're respectful of the mountain, even though they threaten the, the, uh, the I almost said the grandmother, the aunt quite a few times. Like, we don't care about your beliefs or your rituals. Uh-huh. But even they won't go into the mountains, so it's like, of course, it's where they're going to transport the kids to. And then uh, we get that instant cut to ten years later, which was a really fun scene how they did it. They basically had, um, so they have the daughter and the son that survive. Uh, their names are Koza, or Kozasa and then uh, Tadafume. And basically it's the daughter singing a song and they cut to her. And it's basically just like a ten years later thing that they mm-hmm. kind of go over what's happened. And uh, yeah, it's just the scenery they do too for the mountains and everything is like really beautifully shot. It like... I looked straight up magnificent, guys. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I want to visit some of those places and hike. That'd be nice. Yeah, and again, the scale, too. It's like they're just a part of this massive forest, and it's mm-hmm. massive horizontally, and it's massive vertically, too. These huge hills and forests and stuff. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, and for a lot of it, it, it wasn't any worse special effects wise or set wise than the Princess Bride. I mean, they're just yeah, you're, yeah. yeah they're just in this enormous forest with waterfalls and streams and everything. Yeah, that's another really well shot movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I love the Princess Bride. We can't watch so it as good. a kaiju film though. Andre the Giant's in it. Oh there shit! Oh guys, we're doing the Princess Bride eventually now. <laughs> Um, I, I, I did want to bring this up because they mentioned it earlier in the film. Um, when they're in the stables that are getting burned down, uh, one of the guys says to the uncle, like, if we survive, meet here in exactly ten years. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. when I knew, like, yeah, they're going to do a cut ahead to ten years in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, um, because there's not a ton of it in this film, I would like it if we went into Mothra Paul's Drag Race. Mothra Paul's Drag Race... Oh yeah. This sounds great. Yeah. I, I am all in. So, I, um, you've seen this in some of the episodes before, but basically we like to take a break each episode and talk about the fashion in the film. Because yes. even with the bad films of Godzilla from the 60s and 70s, fantastic costume fashion. Yeah. yeah. And this film was no exception, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't really call this one fashion? They're just costumes, just like took Edo era it, yeah. period. No, everything outfits was thematically appropriate. I was like when the kids were young, like they had rich person kimonos. They looked really good yeah. in them. Yeah. They were super. He had like that purple and white, and she had like those flower designs mm-hmm. on there. They looked great. Really traditional designs too, because in most cultures, purple means royalty, and even in Japan, that's true. That's yeah, fun. guys, a little uh, lesson there in history <laughs> and color. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, like I said, both with the set and the costume design, it was all really of the time, but it all looked really good and really mm-hmm. sharp. I mean, yeah, it's just like a lot of the traditional kimonos and garb for the time, but it looked cool. I mean, samurais, come on, they always look cool. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. the main bad guy in the background shots has one of those classic uh, Kabuto uh, helmets that has that little half moon on it. I'm like, God, that's such a cool design. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine like all the way back in ancient Japan, the first guy who made that Kabuto helmet with that moon on it is like. Fuck, man, I just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> like, this design's gonna be around four centuries. And I'd be like, you're right, ancient Japanese armor maker. <laughs> it's gonna come back into style every 20 years. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, so, I mean, it'll be a bit of a shorter, I guess, Mothra RuPaul's Drag Race. Other than, I do like, and I mentioned this too, so when they cut to ten years later, uh, they have all the basically peasants there in the village serving the evil lord, rebuilding the castle, but it's straight up slave labor. Mm. But they're all dressed in outfits that look like the Ten Commandments, kind of, and they're also <laughs> whipping them around telling them to build things like the Ten Commandments. So I even made like the joke, like I just expect them to cut to a shot of Charlton Heston yeah. going like, "Let my people go." <laughs> um, and it was a lot of slave construction footage. It, they just kept coming back. You, yeah, you yeah. never yeah. forgot that this is a this is a ruler who enslaves people. And they, mm-hmm. they show it. And yeah, and they introduced the feral kid. Who, like, wasn't a feral kid, but that's what I kept thinking of him as. Yeah, like, kind of. Yeah. He I, looked kind of like the feral kid from Road Warrior. I thought at some point he was going to turn into like a, a wolf, wolf man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, they did, once again, for the design for the costumes, like the indebted servitude basically kind of like... I guess you'd say peasants. Mm-hmm. They all have like those mismatched furs on and like just mismatching clothing and fabrics. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I realized too, this is going into the facts about this film. So they made three of these at the same exact time for the Die Majin series. So I kind of want to watch the other twos now because this was so good and they shot them consecutively. So my guess is that they put a lot of money on a huge set and budget. So it's like they just had it right then for the first uh, one for the probably the next two. Oh, 
well, that'd make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the director who did this, once again, he did a lot of Zaidoichi films, and it's mm. the same thing where they'd film some of them back-to-back. So it's like you'd spend a lot of money on a very professional set of production and then just shoot a bunch of films that are in the same series. So... Man, we're really getting into this episode. Like, <laughs> when we enjoy a film, we actually want to talk about it. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. At the timeline when we're recording this podcast, the Tyler's episode just came out, even though it's going to be way off by the time this comes out. <laughs> and it's the opposite because we were talking about Destroy All Monsters, and the plot's so shitty. We're just like, we can't follow it. And like this one, I'm like, I want to talk about every detail. Yeah. Yeah. All the characters' motivations and what it means about politics and nature. I mean, the whole the whole idea of even calling this a kaiju movie, like it definitely qualifies, but like it's definitely only the climax that yeah. really has the giant end. monsters. Like the last yeah. 20 minutes yeah. of the movie, yeah. that's when you finally see... Whatever you call it, Okamiden, Daimajin. Yeah. So does kaiju, kaiju is just like any giant, enormous monster Yeah. Person? And uh, the, the term in Japanese well, is like weird or strange monster, so it's basically like any type of kind of large destruction monster film, or just weird monsters, like cool. if you had like a yokai in there, maybe it might be a kaiju Ooh. film, I don't know. That kind of contextualizes for me the very ending moment, which you haven't gotten to yet, but why it's kind of so special that he made the choice that he did, that he yeah. made a choice that was... Kind of ethical and considered. A, a Sophie's choice of kaiju films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah oh, Meryl s- Streep played the kaiju in this. I feel oh, like I forgot yeah. to mention What that. a role she had. Have too, you man. been reading my dream journal? Yeah. That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> no, man, that would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, getting back onto the plot. Uh, so it's the 10 year skip, and they're basically living in the forest, kind of scouting it out. It was, it's the priestess and the two kids the, and the, the guy. Yeah, the uh, samurai. Uh, samurai uncle. Yeah, yeah. Samurai. Samurai. Uncle Samurai. Uh, oh, let's yeah. call him Uncle Samurai. That's a little go. easier. <laughs> but yeah, so Uncle Samurai is basically kind of keeping watch of them with uh, the aunt and the two kids. And he's kind of getting a little, I, I don't know if I'd say like cabin fever, but he's kind of wanting to check up on the village. So we're like, we already know this is a bad formula. This is yeah. gonna, He's going to mm-hmm. fuck it up. So sure enough, he's like going, scouting it out. He sees how bad it's going down there. Like I, we described it earlier, it's basically like Ten Commandments, bad slavery for all the peasants rebuilding the castle for the evil Waluigi. <laughs> and he's heading back through a, once again another really cool shot they do where they're going like through a bamboo forest and they kind of use a lot of the bamboo for the framing of it and he's like walking around and all of a sudden you see Wario you're like oh shit this isn't good and then a bunch of just other samurai serving come out you're like oh well he's fucked mm-hmm. um, so he pulls out a pretty cool knife kills a few of the guys but why is he getting away they kind of trample him down and take him back to the castle oh yeah they like shot him in the leg yeah that once again, a lot of the suffering and like actual human emotions in this film are pretty intense because when they shot him in the leg, it looked like it really hurt. That yeah. actor was pulling mm-hmm. it off really good. I'm like, oh shit, that doesn't that doesn't look good at all. No blood, but total physicality, and yeah. that's all you need. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good acting in this film all around. Yeah, I feel like um, I'd say at the same time consecutively when this is all going on, uh, that feral kid we were talking about, uh, Take, his uh, mom passed away, and then his dad gets taken away by the soldiers because when. Uncle Samurai's making escape, he throws a rock at them, and instantly you're like, what the fuck, dude? So like, they grab him to put him in prison as well. He also earlier helped some of the Hanabusa yeah. uh, vassals. Yeah. Some of the guys who were still loyal to the old king. Yeah. I wonder where they're going to be in ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this was ten years. Yeah. At this point. Exactly. <laughs> so they, they capture Uncle Samurai, and then the feral kid runs off, kind of like 
you know, just go into the mountains to get away from them, but also try to find, like, the kids actually and tell them what happened. Well, he wants to find the god to pray to it, to ask yeah, for help, to ask him to save his dad. Yeah, because they've been kind of setting up the whole film because they keep talking about basically the Majin or, like, he'll, you know, avenge us or help us out in hard times. And we're like, well, we know what's going to happen. And I kind of do like the build-up, too, but it does get a little frustrating in the film at some points where it's like, come on, just get to it. Like... <laughs> It's a, it is a good film, but it would be basically like if a really well Godzilla, a real well done Godzilla film was like, man, I can't wait for Godzilla to come through. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be sweet, man. Um, but yeah, the kid runs into the mountains. He, I think, finds the aunt right away, right? Yeah, yeah. she tells him like, go on, get out of here. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to mess with that because that god's really hard to deal with, yeah. basically. But yeah. then he brings up like, hey, Uncle Samurai just got captured. Yeah, so. Right. Uh, at this point, the aunt's like, well, I gotta do something. So she's like, well, I'm gonna try to appeal to Wild Luigi. Um, we were kind of mystified by this scene, but basically, <laughs> I think what was trying to happen is she was trying to, like, instill the fear of God back into him. Mm. So she goes down to his castle and is like, hey, you need to stop doing this because you're gonna upset the Majin. This has gone on for far too long. And there's a lot of really cool shots in this one, too, I like, because he has a rifle he's been trying out, and they do a lot of, like, really good close-ups and kind of, like foreground and background shots of him shooting the rifle and then eventually Amy get hurt saying like well if your god's so great is he going to protect you from this and trying to like freak her out she of course since she's been a badass little film is like I don't give a shit um, but they do a good job of making Waluigi a really good villain because he's like well if you don't give a shit I'm just going to kill you so then he stabs her to death in a really well shot scene but it was kind of graphic too because he's just like slashing her with the sword and well, he slashes like, her a couple of times but she never bleeds or has any cuts mm-hmm. or anything yeah but I think it's just because he does it with like such like just meanness behind it of like, well, your god's not going to save you, and if your god could, or if you could actually help summon this god, I'm going to kill you now. Then I, mean, I think it's more they just didn't want the extra amount of gore, especially on a hero. Yeah, <laughs> a hero in a in a white yeah. like shift dress. But there's a lot that remind me of like Takashi Miike. Yeah, you know, like Thirteen Assassins, like that insane lord from Thirteen Assassins. Yeah, like I'm sure like he got inspiration from crap like this. Yeah, man, that's another really good film. I feel like we got to figure out a way to do a Takashi Miike film eventually. I mean, they've got he's got that new one coming out this year. I think uh, Blade, Blade of the Immortal. Immortal. I'm seeing that open yeah. tonight. There's no way that film looks so good. It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, back to this one. So this is kind of like setting everything in the movie up pretty nicely. Like I said, even though it does get a little annoying, I like that it has a really good track and it's really building up a lot of the characters too because. Uh, They've shot back to the son who's 18 now and he's just getting really antsy because he, he's tired of not doing anything his whole life. You know, his parents died and he's like, well, we got to take this lord down. Um, so after Uncle Samurai gets captured, he's like, I'll go and rescue him. I just got to wait till nightfall because this is where they decided, let's hang him up in front of the village so everybody can see him suffer, which is pretty gruesome too, but yeah. it's... Uh, it's by his ankle, so yeah. it's just, yeah, awful to think about yeah you brought up too it looked a lot like uh, the tarot card for the hangman which yeah yeah i don't know if it was intentional or not at the time but it was also like really just looked very painful well yeah now i'm just curious if it's just like an old-timey thing like that probably just the way they used to hang up people that they didn't want to kill immediately yeah yeah Yeah. you're just being miserable and gross everybody like it's just uh, just even watching it and thinking about it yeah like your head starts to hurt yeah, but uh, so the the son goes down to try to free him, and uh, this is another fun shot of like they did they did a good job of keeping the reveal hidden. The last second is when he cuts him down; it's not him. And basically, Wario's waiting right there, saying like, "We knew you were gonna come," and it was like, "Oh boy, this isn't good." This was another example of bad translation, though, because as soon as he sees like, "Oh, this is an Uncle Samurai," he screams like, "Another man!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, another man. 
But me- <laughs> I'm another man. <laughs> and meanwhile, of course, Uncle Samurai is just getting tortured so that he'll tell them where the kids are. Yeah. Or I guess like right before that, and that's why they look. Red hot pokers. Yeah. yeah. Which again, yeah, really like tight shot. They'd put the po- he put put the poker in the fire, and then the camera would totally do a close up on it, like from mm-hmm. his POV. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had him. They had him shirtless for this. I'm like, this guy's—he's looking pretty good. Man. Yeah, he's, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. At this point, I think is when the movie kind of starts to drag for me because yeah. just like people in the Hanabusa family just getting captured. Yeah, yeah for the most part, it's kind of like, kind of like, okay, wrap it up, get yeah. get to the point, cut to the chase. I think they wanted to make it where you really want that vengeance to happen, which they did a good job building up. But it, it was one of those things where like, ah, oh, this shitty thing happened to this family. Now another shitty thing. Oh, here's yeah. some more shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, plus you'd seen him like how much he was working all the people of that prefecture or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so at this point, the going back to the feral kid, they're kind of chasing him throughout the mountains too, trying to find the girl because she's the only one they haven't captured yet. And this is when the scenes start getting really cool because yeah. basically they find the, the girl and the kid by uh, Daimajin at this point. Yeah. Well, they were, they were sent there to destroy... The statue. Yeah. They couldn't find it. They got lost. And they just happened to run into right. the princess and feral kid. Yeah. Because, of course, the feral kid just happened to run into uh, the princess after yeah. the priestess told him to yeah. go away. Yeah. Which I thought that was a really cool scene, by the way. Like, after the priestess tells him to go back to town and he's just wandering through the woods right oh, before he runs right. the princess, that was super cool. Because it's just him getting, like, really freaked out by the, like, he, he feels a skeleton's hand on his back. And then yeah. it turns yeah. out it's just twig so it's and then they do this really super like fast 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 cut of like a million different images sort of like i remember like learning about like eisenstein in the 30s that filmmaker where he'd like yeah. juxtapose stuff and it's just like shots of like random animals and plants and stuff but yeah. just to be like just to show you that he's this little kid totally overwhelmed in nature and like not knowing whatever you know yeah yeah I mean, that's another reason I really like the film. It captures kind of those feelings really well. Of like, when you're a kid, it's kind of like that idea of, like, you have a million thoughts running through your mind yeah. when you're scared. Well, being kids like being on acid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really is looking I think they've had, they actually done, like, done MRIs on, like, kids' brains and people on acid's brains. And there are, like, certain parts that are really? activated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Childhood was well, kind of just one long bad trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me at least. Somebody should have just been giving us milk instead of orange juice all this time. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Wow, that's a real deep acid uh, uh, deep tips acid and tricks track. right there. Yeah. <laughs> you do it both. Yeah. Oh yeah, acid too. Yeah, well, it's similar receptors or receptors for like what's going on. It definitely for works better party. with mushrooms, though. <laughs> Guys, what I'm saying is, I know how to party. Um, anyway. <laughs> Get it, getting back to this, though. Uh, so, yeah, the kid wanders off. They're chasing him. And finally, it all comes together for the build-up scene of the bad armies there with Wario. They find... Or what, isn't the bad the head bad guy there, too, I feel like? No, um, he's, no. Still, he's still back he's still at the castle. castle. Yeah, he's back at the castle. He's, like, talking to one of his advisors, yelling at the person making his yeah. tea. He's just being a dick. Yeah, living that, that whole, like, dicks. decadence that nobody wants to see. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the so the evil army finds them. He keeps he's constantly drinking sake. Like he's got this big dish. Yeah, it's like it's like a oh, that's right. Like the, that. one of those giant saucers that like Japanese people used to drink out yeah. of. Yeah, I mean that that is a pretty pimp way to drink out of. Like yeah. the, just this weird big flat dish just for a little bit of liquor. Just yeah. like yeah, I'm drinking out of this. I have a space in my house for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have a whole cabinet just for the just like three sake dish, like <laughs> I have saucers. Enough, I have enough time to drink really slowly and carefully yeah. so I don't spill myself. <laughs> I have my own maid that takes care of my sake sets. <laughs> yeah. That's true, true royalty. Um, 
But going back to this scene, so the bad army's there, they capture the kid and the girl, and they're like, ah, oh, this statue, well, let's fuck it up. And, mm-hmm. man, this is probably, this I think, is cool. yeah, one of my favorite scenes. So the statue, they take this giant nail to kind of, like, put it in the head so that it can start falling apart, and they start nailing it in, and then blood starts to trickle down the statue, I'm yeah. like, and it looked really badass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that, uh... 60s, 70s, super red, yeah, fake yeah. blood. Yeah. yeah, it looked like, uh, um, Rekka, you won't know this, but the fairy <coughs> juice that King Kong drank. Yeah. yeah. I'll uh, pretend like I know. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is for all of our potheads out there. Is that what we call them? That's No, right. that's definitely not right. No. <laughs> let's, let's call them little, little zooks. Little zookers. <laughs> our little zookers. Zook. <laughs> What, we're like 300 episodes in now, and we finally have a term for our, all of our adoring fans. Yes, all five of them. Well, six. Well, we're getting there. Um, but anyways, getting back to that, uh, the army's obviously freaked out, because I don't know if you guys ever heard a statue of blood comes out. It would be upsetting. Well, a lot, of, a lot of the lower dudes were already kind of freaked out, because like, it is a god, we should yeah. kind of shouldn't destroy the statue, but they're like, they've been ordered to, yeah. so. And I think it's really interesting, too, that they're doing it just to break the morale of the Hanabusa people, and yeah, say specifically, because... Yeah. I honestly don't remember Waluigi or, or Wario, but he was saying, like, we're going to just, he's telling the priestess, we're going to destroy, like, I'm not superstitious, I'm not, like, this is all nonsense, I don't believe in religion, and then he's like, we have to destroy it just to destroy their morale, which I thought was so interesting. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it is really a realistic thing that happens where when yeah. new people move into different cultures, they destroy the old beliefs, because then mm. they'll assimilate to their society easier. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is a good film, guys. <laughs> I really like this one. <laughs> But anyways, cutting back to that, after the blood starts trickling out, this is when shit gets really cool, too, because the mountain starts falling apart, and we're used to really bad special effects. This looked so legitly cool and good how they did it. Oh, man, like, like the, the earth split open, there were yeah. these lights everywhere, it's like a tornado came out of nowhere. Yeah. Once again, I think they must have had, like, a really big or massive set, because the landslide they got that looked for, they did for it looked like a real landslide, like, yeah. for everything. Like, it looked good. And then they had it where the earth was breaking open to basically swallow out of the soldiers, they had this really eerie green light coming up, but not like a cheap looking one. Like I even said, if you guys have seen the original Ghostbusters, that kind of weird lighting they had in it was the same effect they had, and they pulled it off like so perfectly. Yeah, it was man, it was a good scene. <laughs> um, it's just it really is astounding how how good it is, especially compared to stuff that's being made like in 2017. Yeah. Like good practical effects are better than most CGI. I definitely yeah. agree with that. I mean, yeah. that's why I like the, the Sam Raimi's horror films like Drag Me to Hell because yeah. so many good practical effects in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated Drag Me to Hell. You I did? Love Drag Me to Hell. Man, if there's any it film was... I guess you would like to laugh, uh, it'd be Drag Me to Hell. It was literally not... never laughed harder before or since in any movie. Yeah, I know all those horror movies are like silly and have a sense of humor, but. Just want to fit. Maybe it's just what's that asshole's name? Who's the boyfriend? Justin Long. Yeah, Justin Long. Yeah, I hate him. Yeah, yeah but he's he's made to be like that character, like a little Woody Allen. You're a like, human Ooh. shrug. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a movie that would have worked in the '80s, but doing it in like the 2000s kind of just like. No, I'm on I'm on Rebecca's side when she started vomiting during the bank yes! scene. It's so funny. Just, oh my god, yeah. just joy. I just felt joy yeah. in every fiber of my being. Watching yeah. it. And cutting back to this joy of this film. See, man, what a good way to segue back in. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, they they start getting freaked out because the god's kind of loose. And this is when uh, the sister character says, like, hey, I'll give you my life if you just avenge my village and what they've done. And uh, that's when the god's like, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> and they, they do a... It's a pretty interesting effect, but they do it where he has a... He, He's a statue, so yeah. he starts moving around and it looks like a statue still. The costume's really well done. 
But then he, after he has the oath made by her, he waves his hand over his face, and then it's like a weird monster face. A blue yeah. yeah. I don't know, he looks kind of like an even uglier Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, that's a good way to Like, especially with his hat. Yeah. That just made me think of Kang. And they uh, they pulled it off in a really cool way, because obviously they don't have the special effects to make like a moving monster face or something good. They made it where just the, the face was weird looking, but still kind of stone and statue-like, but the eyes were real. Which gave yeah. it a really creepy kind of otherworldly wor- like yeah. look. Like whoever was doing the prop and set design for this film, man, they should got like a Japanese Oscar. Seriously. Well, it definitely, it definitely looked like a golem, which I think is what it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's. Oh right. Oh shit! I was gonna mention that too. There's like. I forgot about that. There's so many parallels with like uh, you know, uh, Jewish mysticism of the golem of basically you know a uh, uh, clay statue that they made in ancient times to protect their people. And it's like almost the same parallels of like when evil's done to village, they can make the statue with the powers of God to protect their people. So I wonder if that was like a known thing or just a yeah. weird coincidence. Yeah, we brought up Ten Commandments earlier, and I was getting a lot, there were a lot of like things in this movie that you could say, like even the priestess going to Somonosuke being like, "Let my people go, yeah. or God will come and kill you." I mean, guys, Japan, Judaism, both start with J's. I mean, they did go. have <laughs> actually they they didn't just have crosses; they did have double crosses. Oh yeah. That's so true. when they're getting ready to execute uh, the son and Uncle Samurai because they captured him. They bring out crosses to put them on, and like once again, really cool design for it because like they get them up there, and it looks once again very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it looks kind of like painful, sure, but comfortable as far as you're being crucified. Like your yeah. ar- hands are ar- arms and hands are tied, and you also instead of having both your legs on top yeah. of each other, they're kind of separate, so you can kind of put your weight on that a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, crucifixion, even that style, I heard is a very painful death. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure it is. Like that's what they were gonna do. Like they were gonna like yeah. stab spears into their chests. Yeah. Well, because apparently crucifixion, you die because of the suffocation. Yeah, your blood because starts welling up in your lungs. Yeah, because your when your back is like super straight, yeah. like yeah. I just remember having like huge backpacks in high school sometimes, yeah. and if, like the straps are too tight, you can't breathe, and that's yeah. what that is. I'm Jesus, is my point. Yeah, I was about, <laughs> I was about to say in school, that's ultimate crucifixion. Yeah, crucifixion. <laughs> Oh, geez. Oh, boy. Did not um, like childhood. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, we see them on the crosses, and that's when we hear the monster god coming down. And once again, for the lighting and the setting, they make it where it has this kind of, like, weird reddish dawn background when it comes in, like, a storm's forming. And it's just crushing things. And it, once again, it's so cool how they do everything for the film. Because this, this kaiju is more of a reasonable height, I'd say. It's, like, maybe, mm-hmm. like... Three stories tall. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's smaller than like Godzilla would be definitely. Oh, yeah. Probably even smaller than the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Definitely smaller than the Stay Puffed yeah. Marshmallow Man. Yeah, it's maybe like a third of the size of the Stay Puffed yeah. Marshmallow probably, Man. Probably, yeah. But uh, I, I, I loved his size. I brought it up while we were watching it. Like, it made for, like, really nice, intimate destruction. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the term that you made. Okay, two, we want to get hashtags going for this episode, which is hashtag intimate destruction <laughs> and hashtag uh, blood... Was Blood Money Shot? Yeah. Blood, Blood Money, Money Shot. shot. Uh, okay. Um, man, we should really should start promoting ourselves on social media like this, because that is fun. <laughs> At Midnight's Gone, it's our game now. There you go. Um, it, that's, it was a good run. Yeah. Um, but going back to that, this is just... I feel like this whole part of the film is just pure enjoyment, because they did the destruction really great. You want to see these bad guys get fucked up. The monster's doing it all. And it's also, there's no real defense against this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, there are no tanks to bring in, so they, they don't have to bother with any of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything they try is immediately, like, just stopped out. Yeah, completely and rebuked. It's so, 
satisfying. Yeah. And once yeah. again, the designs are cool because they basically have these chains they're throwing around trying to bring down the, the monster, and he just rips them off, but they stay wrapped around his like arms and fists to make like a really cool aesthetic and design mm-hmm. for the monster. And like once again, he's just going through and killing all the bad guys. It leads to, once again, Waluigi's finally on the ground of his castle... Saying, like, hey, quit it. And then he just steps on us. Well, yeah. And no, also... he picks him up. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, shit. Out of oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's he the coolest death. He takes him to a wall. Yeah. That was yeah. another, like, one of his servants that he, like, steps on. I yeah. Because yeah, that uh, death was cool, too. Because War- Wario died in the when the ground opened up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. swallowed everybody up. And Waluigi's death was so great. Because, like, he's looking in through the window. And he reaches his arm in there to try to get him. Yeah. And he can't grab him for a little bit. But then his other arm is in there behind yeah. him. And Waluigi fucking runs into it. And then he grabs him and he carries him away. And then he fucking sticks him against the wall. Then he takes the nail out of his head. And it cuts away to all these horrified people. Yeah. Seeing this nail getting shoved <laughs> yeah. into his goddamn chest. Going like, ooh, I yeah, he's gotta hate Shots. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. Was even the, even the people who hate him, who, yeah. who have been enslaved by him, are like, oh damn. Well, yeah, some some random shots so you could you could have cut it before, where like some dude getting kicked in the balls. Yes. <laughs> they could have had the same reaction yes. shot. <laughs> oh, if only we had a video component for this. Yes. Podcast. Oh man, yeah. It, it's I I feel like this film has the Kill Bill effect, which is where you have this whole story set up of all this bad things happening to character or person, and when the vengeance starts happening. It literally goes off without hitches where they're just killing all the bad guys. Because you've watched for so long the character stuff. It's like, okay, give them their time in the light. So when it happens, you're like, yeah, get them, get them. Yeah, basically is just you get in this movie to see the assholes be murdered. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, the, Ooh, which that's is the point of this movie. A good comment on human bloodlust right there, too, right? Well, you can kind of guess, uh, especially like knowing a Japanese movie and knowing anything about movies, you can kind of see where the movie's going to go from the very beginning. Yeah. You know, when you see those little kids, you know the dad's going to die. Mm. And, you know, there's going to be like, okay, they're going to have to come back and reclaim their yeah. birthright. And Or in other movies, it would just be like, they become badass ninjas and kill everybody, but this one... Like maybe three ninjas and they might be kicking back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one, they had to get the giant monster in there, so... yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely going down that Joseph Campbell's hero's journey yeah. like storyline, which is still pretty satisfying. I'd, I'd love to see some of the, like the newer Daimajins because it's oh. definitely this definitely needs to be more bloody. It needs to I'm be more saving gory. that for so <laughs> since this took place in 1966, we've done actually two films in the past. So you know how I will usually do pop culture for that year. I have something special for this episode, which will be reading the synopsis of the Daimajin series they made in 2010 because it is nuts. Um, but we'll finish it up and then I'll get to that. I feel like. Okay. I'm just. Oh. I'm, I'm so just hoping that like the newer ones are like super gory because I feel like that's what this needs. Like just uh, prepare to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is the is that like a remake of this? Yeah. Movie. So series. I guess we'll let's just get to it now. I can't wait yeah. anymore. <laughs> so they decided to make it like a giant monster fighting show, uh, live action. You know, kind of like a Power Rangers mm. or. Uh, Tokatsu, or I forget how it's pronounced. I'm so bad at pronouncing anything to begin with, even Japanese. Ultraman. Yeah, basically an Ultraman <laughs> style show. So they call it Daimajin Can- or Canon. And let me just write it. It's set in modern times. Canon Mikazaki is a young student who moves to Tokyo with the dream of becoming a singer, but is left heartbroken after her ambitious boyfriend portrays her by stealing a treasured family song 
and using it to propel himself to instant stardom. Ooh, douchey. Falling, yeah, falling into a deep depression, Cannon is suddenly approached by a spirit who reveals an unbelievable fate. That Cannon and her family song are the key to summoning an ancient guardian known as the Daimogen, which presence is desperately needed to fight against a coming onslaught of demons. This problem is that the song is one of love and happiness, and the magic is only effective if Cannon sings with all of her heart. What so. the fuck, guys? <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. So that's a TV show? So it was like a Creature of the Week? It was a Creature TV of the show? Week show, and it was 26 episodes, and that synopsis just was like blowing my mind. If like somebody would watch this film and be like, what if we just made this... Sailor Moon pop singer bullshit. Like, <laughs> kind of what it sounds like. like that sounds the, the, amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's bad. well. It seems like ordinarily for shows like that, like the main character would become the monster. Yeah, you know, rather than just having being able to call the monster because like, what? Who cares about that then? The yeah. monster's doing all the friggin' work. Yeah, hey, I still like Gigantor. Yeah. yeah, and listen, I as much as anybody love teenagers fighting demons. I could talk about the Shin Megami Tensei series <laughs> so much, but when I was reading the synopsis, I'm like, this sounds like just bad. But it could be really good. Now I am curious. So it sounds like a challenge for the songwriter. It's like, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? Um... Like a play about a painter, and then they're like, and here's the beautiful painting that they made just before they die, and then they show it to you, and it's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Bad <laughs> like, prop design. This right. is really Like it. the prop designer didn't like have an hour. No, I guess you're I, right. You need to make a pop song. You gotta make a good ass pop song. That also can summon a god. Yeah. But it's yes. probably it's probably the same song, so you have to hear that same song every single week. Okay. Guys, do I need a I should play the song, right? Yes. Okay, I'll find it. Almost Let's definitely. Get, <coughs> Let's get that song in. I feel like at this point we've tagged this up and I just want to hear it now. So, uh, And of course the first YouTube link is the song for the series. This could either be very good or bad because as we know Japan has very high standards for production. I yes, they do. Jock jams in Japanese. I'll put it up in the microphone if it's bad. I'll just put it in later. But it's yeah, pretty that's, that's a good idea. Put it up. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the theme song or the song that she has to sing to? This is the theme song and the song. I, I have a theory that, like, uh, whenever Daimon shows up, his entire fight scene is during the song. Yeah. It's not just you sing the song, then he shows up. Yeah. It's like a, like a montage of him saving the day. I would love to oh watch that. God. I love violence set to happy music, uh, like Reservoir Dog, anything that oh does it. Anything that's going to be uplifting, tra- uplifting damage, though. Like, he yeah. lifts, like, a building off of a bunch of trap people. <laughs> yeah. Much like her heart's been lifted up, so that's what she needs to do so there's a blood there's blood money shots everywhere where it's like as fountains. Yes. Like just yeah, yeah. Beautiful fountains. 
And so getting back to the film, he crushes all the bad guys, the girl cries on her foot, and the guy's like, okay, I get you, and then flies off. Yeah, because yeah, he's about to, well, the feral kid goes up to pray for him to stop, he's about to crush him, so then she comes up and, like, pulls a Pocahontas on top of him. Yeah. And then he's then with Daimajin stops, pulls back, then she's like, don't be angry anymore, like, appease your anger by killing me. Yeah. That sounds... Fair. Starts crying. Yeah. Tear lands on his foot and he's like, oh man, I feel like the bad guy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He turns back to stone, his essence or whatever flies away. Yeah. yeah. And then his physical body crumbles. That's the end of the film. That's the thing, even with this time period, I feel like it, maybe it's a tradition with Japanese films, but like, it just really abrupt endings every time. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's just this genre of film. Yeah. You kind of have to. We've got. We could wrap things up but do you really give a shit no No, that yeah yeah, exactly i guess everyone's kind of dead except for her and the feral kid and i would assume that they are in the following film yeah because yeah basically the good guys make it out i mean uncle sam's okay uncle sam's okay he's got a lot of cool scars now and then he has a lot of them yeah like there's literally like just a big one on his face that they were showing yeah i mean hey it's pretty cool so I feel like we should get to our summary. Oh wait, well, I'm reading the wrong one. Our, I'm reading our own list, and we've done this a million times. I forget every episode. This is the saddest thing. Our rating system. I I, I do want to say about the ending. Um, I was I was disappointed in one thing. Yeah. And it was that they were not waving at the pile of rubble yes. that the guy collapsed into. Because yeah. it is a tradition for the Godzilla films for them to just wave to the monster as it is either <laughs> freezing to death on an island, going away into the ocean. We're fucking flying off into space. <laughs> I I, like that, that would be the craziest ending where it's just them all looking happy after the most destructive thing I've seen, waving at a pile of rubber. Like, they've lost their minds. Yeah. <laughs> they have no home. Yeah. Well, it would have made more sense because the, the, he should have just walked back to the mountain and stood back where he was and then turned to stone rather than... Because I don't understand. They showed it when he showed oh, up yeah. and then when he left, that little UFO thing, the yeah. little mm. ball of light. Yeah, I think it was supposed to represent him, but like, yeah, he's, Spirit, a, he's I guess. a giant monster. So, we'll, well, yeah, we'll... so he left his his rock self there. Yeah, yeah. but oh, so then well, a new so. rock self is going to appear where the statue was. Oh, I bet mean, he's like, no, build me better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me a metalhead. This Put build, me in a fucking Bill warship. Bag in. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, yeah. So for our rating system. You know what? I've listened to so many episodes editing this. I'm so tired of it, guys. No, you have to keep going. No, I just... What have I done to myself? Okay. <laughs> so, Godzilla has a son. His name's Godzuki. I don't think Godzuki is Godzilla's son. Yeah, okay, so... Still, still okay, before this. we get to the rating, let's get to this. Luke brought up the greatest thing to me this week in a chat over the internet, which is, I don't think Godzuki is actually Godzilla's son. And I thought about it, I'm like, true. True, I can't argue with that. There's no evidence ever that, like... He had sex with a mama Godzilla or just procreated asexually and there's an egg and then it came out of it. Basically, <laughs> since you have, I don't know if you've seen a lot of the old Godzilla films, but basically one movie nope. just a baby Godzilla shows up and they never explain it. Oh. Um, but getting back huh. to our rating system, I hate him. So, <laughs> so I based our rating system around the fact if you hate Podzuki, or Godzuki, you give it 10 out of 10 non-Godzuki. So if it's a 10 out of 10 uh-huh. non-Godzukis, it's a perfect film. Now, if you like Godzuki, because some people think yeah. he's cute. I like Godzuki. Yeah, he's I got feel issues. like, based on what I'm hearing and based on the different opinions, I would probably like Godzuki also. He, you know what? He's a lovable scamp. Well, that's the Hanna-Barbera <laughs> one. So. Oh, he's adorable. I mean, I like that that is Godzuki. Yeah. Look at his talking... little tits. He's got like little, yeah. little round he's got little, pets. Yeah, he's, he's talking yeah. about the son of uh, Godzilla. You're talking <laughs> yeah. about Minya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Manila, as they call him in some episodes. 
Yeah, I, I think I think they're just different depending on on how people pronounce it. Yeah, as Rebecca pointed out, it does look like he's blossoming into a beautiful woman because he yeah. has like little pubescent <laughs> bumps that. Well, I don't even think he's like the same species Godzilla. I think he's like some kind of lab experiment because like he hangs out with the humans. Yeah. Well, should I say this? Because we had the discussion and I said, well, then oh. there's a possibility that a hundred kaiju came on an egg and then that eventually was born. <laughs> yeah. Which is not how science works, but it's a great imagery that I love. Yep. You got all the worst parts of all the kaijus. Yeah, a little bit of Mothra, a little bit of King Ghidorah. Was we'll put he... in the King Ghidorah jingle there that we recorded for was Silence. Was he introduced as like a softer version of Godzilla, like to sell more yeah. stuff? Okay. It was I mean, like the baby you... bop of the... Well, I mean, it, it was the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon oh, from the... Uh... Oh, wait, so Hanna-Barbera, that was the first... He, he was 1978, yeah. Oh, he was like truly. A, I thought that was just the Hanna Barbera version, but you're saying Hanna Barbera like invented him. No, yeah, Hanna Barbera wait. invented Godzuki. Oh. Godzuki. So the well, idea. I see why you hate. I get why you hate yeah. him. I understand. This is the first episode we're really getting into why I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he was basically in the cartoon show because I've seen a lot of the episodes. He's like that classic Scooby Doo, Jabberjaw, yeah. kid sidekick, where you have the human characters and he's just doing stupid things in the background to make everyone annoyed. Oh, yeah, he's a comic yeah. relief. I, I don't know why the I trope hate was. Those. Yeah. I'm sorry, Martin. I I think I was, I was switching to him because this Godzilla. is Godzilla's son. Yeah. Oh, he's adorable. Really? Oh, I just yelled uh, yeah. in the microphone. Yeah. Sorry. He Some- looks- this is the weird yeah, thing about him. He's weird, but he's cuter. He's, he's like, like a pug. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He looks like the baby from Dinosaurs. He, yeah. blows, he blows little laser rings. Yeah. Oh, he's way he's way cuter than the Hanna-Barbera one. Yeah. yeah. Some people do find him adorable, and some people just see him and like, what is going on there? Well, like, I mean, the, I think yeah. the thing people most remember about Godzuki is from the theme song, when like, it's really intense... I'm sure you'll play it in one of the little like Godzilla, yeah. Godzilla, Godzilla, and Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Playing this flowery light music as he's just like gliding down onto the ship that all the heroes lived on. And they're like, go away, glide somewhere else. Yeah. But, but who is who's the adorable live action one you just showed me? That's uh, Mania or Manila. He has so, a lot of different names. Mania. So that's like a baby one yeah. that is from the real Yeah, that, that's from Son of Godzilla. In the okay. later films they just started calling him Godzuki, so because of the oh. Hanna-Barbera one. I don't remember that happening though. Maybe I, mean, I just imagined it. Yeah, I don't think they I don't think they ever call him Mania either. But I think that's just like, I think you're just making that up. <laughs> I build my own reality. Yeah. But anyways, I would give this film, I, I'd say a very strong 8 out of 10, maybe even 9 out of 10 non-Gadzukis. It's it's really good up there. I would say it's in there with like a lot of the classic Japanese cinema films. Like when I watched Ugetsu for the first time, I was like, mm-hmm. this is a really good film. Uh, well, that's another really fun monster movie, so mm-hmm. uh, more of a period piece. But I, I'll say 8.5 out of 10 non-Gadzukis. And once again, if you like Godzuki, you'll go over that. Uh, well, I don't like the Hanna Barbera one, so just by virtue, I love that son of a Godzilla <laughs> baby. That's uh, all about it. Yeah. Um, so I'd give it a million. Uh, just great, but Hanna Barbera's. I guess I'd go with non Godzukis. I'd, I'd probably do the same about um, eight to ten. I mean, I just thought, if nothing else, I mean. Uh, Everything was great. The acting, um, every aspect, but especially, I mean, the set design was just so good. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's got one of those weird things where there's a lot of scenes where not a ton was happening, but they really let you enjoy the atmosphere and the yeah. acting of the film, which we haven't had in any of these films for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> you, all, you all sounded so shocked. The three of you were yeah. like baffled as to how and why this is good. <laughs> so many, <laughs> so many of the kaiju films that we've been watching are just basically the opposite of like, oh, this scene cannot go too long because we don't want people to get too immersed and realize what they're watching is going on. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna break mold a little bit here. I think I'm gonna give it. Uh, about like six, let's go ahead and say six and a half non-Gazukis out of ten, because like compared to other like kaiju movies, this is really good. But as a kaiju movie, I think it kind of fails because the parts I like about it are done better in like Yojimbo yeah. or any of the other Zatoichi movies. So it's almost like I would rather watch one of those as opposed to watching this, or I'd rather watch, like, Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. I know that episode just came out, but I liked it, and I remember I was arguing about that. But, yeah, yeah, I'd rather watch a better kaiju movie or a better, like, samurai movie. Yeah. But as far as, like, other kaiju movies, this was really well done and had good acting, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'll go, uh... Compared to kaiju movies, I'd give it an 8 out of 10, but... Movies in general, I'll have to go six and a half. Yeah. I agree with that, because it is still kind of a weird uh, middle ground. I still really like that about myself, but that's mm-hmm. why we have different aspects on this, which is uh, good to judge it for. Um, I feel like when we eventually get to Shin Godzilla, it's going to be like the perfect one, then, because it has that like, good mm-hmm. balance of like... Well, I'm just going to talk about Evangelion that yeah. entire episode. <laughs> should we wait to get to actually to Shin Godzilla, or just watch it eventually one of these times? We should probably just wait. I, I mean... I, think, I don't know. It depends on what kind of guest we get, because what if we get someone who's really into Ava? Yeah, like, we actually get an Ava unit. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to fit that in here. But... And if we ever do the supposed live show, oh, yeah. <laughs> we've oh, talked yeah. about yeah. something like Shin Godzilla would be cool. Um, I, I want to go with everyone else. I want to give this... I like Godzuki, so I'm giving this 8 out of 10 Godzuki. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Again, I just fucking really good, intimate destruction. Yeah. Camera work in this film, so goddamn good. So good. Um, and overall, I just I was invested in enjoying myself the whole way through the movie, which has not happened during one of these podcasts for like a month. Yeah. It's it's been it's a while. Fair. I think this movie could have been way better with a couple of tweaks if you'd gotten rid of the prince altogether. Because yeah. oh, he yeah. was kinda like the weakest part of the movie. Oh no, he he didn't do it. his whole thing was just like, Oh, my dad would be proud yeah. of me if I did this. Well yeah, because I wanted like you even mentioned it, I wanted the princess to become like a badass yeah and end up being the hero and like she kind of was but in like a womanly only by crying way. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i was i was noticing in the beginning of the film like yeah the when she's a little girl like played by a child like she was afraid before anything happened and after she's always saying i'm afraid that was like always her line and then and then when they introduced the the priestess who was like a total badass i was like all right Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was nice that she, at least the priestess didn't have the traditional role, especially oh, for yeah. like that time period where it was still a lot of just women serving drinks, which is another trope we've noticed in oh, so many of the movies. God, it's such a really yeah. <laughs> actually it, it was in this film. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, like in a lot of the Godzilla films, literally the only thing the characters <coughs> are doing are serving drinks to men. <laughs> it is, yeah. oh. or being a damsel in distress. Yeah, which I guess they did kind of reverse that, like. They didn't treat it the same way, but the brother was the one who was captured, yeah, and the uncle true. rather than And she her. stopped the destruction, too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it's interesting. But, guys, it's time to get to one of my favorite things, which is, of course, Stupid Games. <laughs> stupid Games. 
Ooh. And what I'm really excited about, so we have a tradition. Oh, God damn it. You're yeah. serious about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that since I was like eight. Yeah, it's... Uh, do we each have oh, our own battery now? Because I was cleaning... We do it at the same time. I was cleaning my place, and uh, all the batteries that I have just for licking, <sighs> I found, and then I have a new one, too, so I don't have to worry about being gross, but I still clean them off. But uh, every episode, we like to lick a 9-volt battery just Fine. to... Licking a 9-volt... Ask your parents for permission. So, actually, this does tie in with the uh, Godzilla mythos. In every Godzilla film, there are elements of lightning. Um, just like when uh, they nailed the god in the head. Lightning, that guy got electrocuted. Yeah. That's true, that's that's true. Yeah. That's true. This isn't convoluted at all. Oh yeah. my god. I've <laughs> done this since I was... Okay. Do you, do you want to do it at the same time? Should we do a countdown? Yeah, I think we all have to do it at the same time. Okay. I'm gonna say. Mine's a different brand. I just want to say. So if uh, I die, okay. that's why. Yeah, you get Ray back. I got Sunbeam. Which we is get a countdown from three. Yeah. In three, two, one. See, I like. I like the. A lot. A lot. I like the idea of cult-like elements where if we actually do game popularity and there was live shows where everyone <laughs> yeah. in the audience would have 9-volt batteries. For a live show, we gotta, like, get, like, a car battery or something. <laughs> the episode where we die. For, this, for the live episode, we're gonna kill ourselves. <laughs> I don't like the idea of giving something very easy to throw that is very hard to a bunch of people in an audience. Good point. Well, Hell, no, they would lick it when we did. They wouldn't throw it at us. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You gotta get somebody pissed off because they brought one of those really, like, fat... Those... One of those fat oh, yeah. ones. Oh, the weird use. square ones? Yeah. No, the, no, the circular ones. Oh, yeah. Well, you like know? a C or a D? I guess it was D-cell. Yeah. Would that be what you... What, oh, no, these are 9 volts, so yeah, a D-cell yeah. battery. Like, what you'd like use a slingshot with. Hopefully not. Against yeah. a tree. Yeah, okay. This is slightly off topic, but not really. It could be another idea for your audience. And I'm, I, I recently... One of my friends, I, re- I realized, did not know about this. I'm trying to spread awareness. Uh-oh. Do you guys already know that if you, if you, I thought everyone knew, if you chomp uh, winter green yes. lightsabers oh, in the dark, yeah. it yeah. sparks? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad you guys know. So, Anyone listening at home? It's got to be winter know. green, not spearmint. Yes. yes. Winter spearmint green. Spearmint But what you just told me I agree with because I've had that fact for a while in my back pocket. If you're ever at a party yeah. and you tell somebody and they don't believe you, it sounds like the craziest yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It's, it's important to know. I've had that experience, too, because you're like, yeah, no, if you chew in the dark, green sparks will shoot out of your mouth. That do, No, that doesn't make sense. But, guys, what a crazy world we live in. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It doesn't sound like we're trying to trick someone, too, right now. It, it 100% yeah. does. But I swear to God, get a mirror, get a pack of wintergreen lifesavers. Winto green. It has to be winto green. Yes. Not, not like spearmint. You fucked up yep. already. Yeah. Not also, that's the worst flavor. Go into your dark bathroom and be like, eh, that's kind of interesting. And yeah. then just put the rest of the mints in your desk drawer and forget about <laughs> yeah. them for a couple of years. No, winto greens. So, this is the thing, too. I could eat a whole bag of those. There's something I, I really like about the flavor of winto greens. They're like a little chewy in a way. Too. Yeah. Like, but mm. spearmints where it's like that too strong of a mint flavor. You know like, what oh. I wish they would make as individual candies? The candy that they use for the dipping sticks and uh, oh, the fun yeah. dip. Oh, Those yeah. are I, want, I want that to just be its own candy. Nice you, get enough, you get enough money, you can do that. Yeah, but then you just throw away the powder and it's kind of a waste. No, no, you save the powder. Uh, you make that its own thing. The Kool-Aids? Yes. Probably could. Oh, Big Sour Kool-Aid? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I'd watch them open for another band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you save it all and make hooch, like a big thing filled with hooch. Ooh, there you like go. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, but have you tried, um, they're hard to find these days, but candy cigarettes? That might give candy you a Candy cigarettes, oh, they're, they're kind of like that, but I don't think they're as creamy. Yeah, as... no, you're right, you're right, you're totally yeah. right. Not also, creamy. one of my favorite bands, too, Creamy Candy Cigarettes. Creamy <laughs> Candy Cigarettes. <laughs> oh, I saw them open for the Mountain Goats, they were good. Oh, man. You're right, though, I've not seen candy cigarettes in a long time. I yeah. feel like a, you'd see on Halloween there's like really tiny packs that were like clearly candy cigarettes, but they couldn't call them candy cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's probably illegal to have something like oh candy cigarettes. I found I found a box of a whole a whole bunch of cartons in like a Michigan vacation town where I go every year and like kind of like the middle of nowhere and they still didn't say cigarettes. I mean it was cl- yeah. <laughs> clearly designed to like look like the Marlboro. Well, yeah, they would have like a cowboy yeah. and stuff yeah. on them. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones I remember. They probably still have those back home in Kentucky. Damn. Do they yeah. still have the little red dot on the top of it? Because I feel like that's what makes it a candy Ooh. cigarette. I don't think they did. Oh, we got yeah. a candy cigarette purist here, I see. Well, I mean, that's the part I always remember that, like, otherwise it was just a stick of, like, super compressed confectioner sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's what I assume it is. Like, I think that's what yeah. it is. And then they also had the bubblegum kind where there's the powder on the end, yeah. so if you puff out... Oh, those were so cool. Yeah. Well, you can you can still get bubblegum bubble cigars, but I think that though you're supposed to give those to people when they have a baby. Oh, right. Like either right. a pink or a blue one. Guys, let's go find some babies. Yeah. Well, that's, that's been our new game, Candy Corner. Candy Corner. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. That's what happens when you have me on your show. Just talk about candy for a while. <laughs> I'm steer the conversation. Yeah, oh man. Candy. I could go I really could go down that. I love candy so much. It makes mm-hmm. me But no matter how old you get, when you eat a lot of candy, it makes you feel like you're not an adult anymore. Not in a good way, like I'm thirty one, I can't be eating shark gummies like this. That's what I always thought were like when you're a kid you want to eat candy for dinner, but like for a little while, I had to eat candy for dinner because I had no money, and that was all I had. And I was like, oh, God, what? I would kill for a Salisbury steak. Yeah. Well, some fucking, some fucking bu- Brussels sprouts with also, bacon. real quick, though, what put you in a situation where you only had candy to eat? Well, uh, my, I think my, my mom got me a bunch of candy because my brother has way more of a sweet tooth than I do, so she would buy us the same amount of candy, but it always lasted me a lot longer. Yeah. So it was just a point when I, like, I had, like, enough money for like a can of chili and then I had all this candy and I was just like I was hungry so I just kept eating it I was like god my tummy hurts that's such, that's such a good like short sketch idea of like just kidding the kid. like I wish I could eat candy as like, all the time as an adult and then you're just a picture of the adult like I wish I was dead well I, I tried to write it into a joke a couple of times but it never it was never just I was never able to get a joke beyond just delivering information oh, as to what I did you know you have that or like yeah. It's not a joke yet. I'm just saying what happened. And I, I really want you to get back into stand-up so bad because I think about your Chip and Dell dancers bit so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, but anyways, so that's been Candy Corner, our new game, which I love. But, yeah. Guys, but really, what's the deal? What's the deal? What's with... the deal with these kaiju? What's the deal with these kaiju? So that's... Oh, my God. Did Jerry yeah. Seinfeld just... Oh, okay. What? Is Jerry here? Jerry, come back here real quick. <laughs> Um, the clown doing a Jerry Seinfeld impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that's, that's really good, Krusty. What's the deal with these kaiju's? Another great jingle. Yeah. Um, so this game is basically where we decide what a kaiju is and isn't. And uh, so we've, we've got a list so far of what we have Oh shit, you actually started putting it together. Yes, of what are past kaijus and what are not kaijus. So, mm-hmm. so far we've agreed uh, the, the Three Stooges film series, kaiju. <laughs> uh, Zoolander 2, kaiju. 
Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, Kaiju. The Concept of Love, Kaiju. Mm-hmm. Clifford the Big Red Dog, Kaiju. Mm-hmm. Audrey 2, Kaiju. And the concept of take my wife please jokes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot about that. I have that to one. ask, is Zoolander a kaiju because of the tiny school? No. Oh so, shit, that's a good point. Zoolander two. two is the kaiju because of how not good a movie it is. But oh, not to make go. controversy. But well, I, I yeah, thought yeah. it was kaiju because it was kind of a good movie, and yeah. I wasn't expecting that. And kind but of that just... also, I feel like, still makes it there because the people on the other end are still like, are you sure about that? And mm. they're like, it, it tears yeah. friendships apart. <laughs> well, Zoolander 2 is an entertaining movie. Yeah. Not great well, by any stretch of the imagination, but I laughed. Yeah. If you don't expect anything from it, you'll probably enjoy it. I, I think I talked about it on the film, but I can go back to that story because it's been a few episodes, but... When I went to Japan for the first time, that was on the in-flight film, and it made me enjoy my two weeks there so much, because I'm like, it's going to be so much more enjoyable than this experience. <laughs> I hate this so much. Because I was on the opposite spectrum, where I just, I could not laugh at one thing. I love Gosh. Zoolander so much. I like that scene when he's, like, driving with a selfie stick in the car, getting that horrible car crash. Like, okay, that part did like ten times. <laughs> That part was pretty good, but the rest of it, like the weird Keith or Sutherland thing, I'm like, I wanted to enjoy that concept and joke yeah. about him having an abortion. <laughs> yeah, oh, or yeah. Or a miscarriage. But I was like, no, this just feels weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hansel's in a group orgy, like a yeah. committed group orgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we've got the list of things that we've agreed are not kaiju, uh, which is uh, Galactus, the Beverly Hillbillies, the Beatles, the Monkees, Shrek, and my ex wife. Oh! <laughs> Is that, did we do the ex-wife one thing? Yeah. Because I was going to say my ex-wife this episode. <laughs> uh, I do want to say, we, you just brought up the Beatles. 1966 was when John Lennon said the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. Oh. And bigger yeah. than Jesus. Oh. Yeah, it pissed off a couple of people, but probably not as many as people thought it did. Should yeah. we make this the most controversy episode of controversy episode? <laughs> yeah. Controversial episode is Jesus the Kaiju. Religion. Ooh. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Sheeple. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, if this, if the one, the guy we just watched. Yeah. I, I would say God's a kaiju, but I don't know about yeah. Jesus. Uh, how about, uh, how about Jesus Vi- doesn't? How about Vishnu? Oh, Ooh. for sure. Oh, definitely. I'd sure. say Vishnu is a kaiju. Oh, yeah. what? I'm not. I'm not completely familiar with Vishnu, but I, if they destroy stuff, then sure. Are we actually going yeah. into a, a decent good discussion? Are deities? Okay. Is Vishnu the one with a whole bunch of hands? Yeah. 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 Well, isn't that Shiva? Sure. And arms. I thought it was Shiva. Well, I mean, Shiva's Vishnu's, a summon. Vishnu's got two sets. Yeah. Like, it's okay, it's not the infinite amount of arms that Shiva well, has. okay. But Vishnu's it's more got... more than the standard. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I always think uh, Final Fantasy when I think of Shiva. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'd say a rule of thumb is that deities are kaiju. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I think. Especially, I mean, this film Even basically that's it. I, 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 don't, I don't know if Jesus counts though. He's such a pussy, and he is little. He's like <laughs> normal size. It's probably like even shorter because people were shorter back then. Good point. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm talking about is what's done to the masses, man. It's like you know, look at this yeah. church, and they're like, get out of here. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah, but, you said, but you, said, right. you said Jesus, though. Yeah. So, so okay, yeah. look, Jesus could do a lot of, like, magic and party tricks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could make himself, like, a little bigger. I'm I sure that works. A little bit, uh, yeah. Apache Chief. What about Apache Chief? I mean, Apache Chief. We're really getting off the rails on this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm yeah. very scatterbrained right now. <laughs> I just love that somehow you're mind from Jesus to Apache Chief. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I was like, oh, he just the idea of bigger. growing bigger. Yeah, yeah. That, that was there's there's a connection there. No, I'm just imagining now that Jesus and Apache Chief are standing next to each other. You do a double take and you go two Jesuses. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. W for Jesus. This is another really good line. Um, ah, shit. Um, so I said yes for Jesus. You said. Yeah, I'd say yes. Yeah. For Jesus? No. I say yes for Jesus. Well, hey, I can't remember. I can't my friend. I can't remember. Is this the majority rule, or does it have to be unanimous? I think it has to be unanimous. I really like that challenge. So Jesus, not a not a kaiju. Throw him in there. A Jew, but not a kaiju. You know the real kaiju. (laughs) That's uh, nice, man. If if, all right, new. So we have a new one. We have kaiju, not kaiju, and then Jew. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd said kaiju, I probably would have said yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, this discussion's happened so many times, but Jew is such a weird word because it's like, it can mean people, but it instantly can sound like a slur if you say it wrong. Yeah, that, that, that's Louis C.K. did that joke, yeah, right? Or exactly. like, oh, he's a Jew. Like, oh, he's a Jew. Yeah, just put a little stink on it, as he said. But what I'm saying is about, like, basically we have a list. If we put kaiju, not kaiju, and then we just put Jew, it feels bad instantly. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry, I'm, I'm filling it out. I'm putting Jeff Goldblum on there. <laughs> oh god! Now that's that's a kaiju of sexiness. Yeah. Oh my god. And he's that, tall. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is tall. Guys, no, we we can't make him a kaiju. Now I already put him under Jew. Oh man. <laughs> well, we can't argue with the list. So it'd be funny to hear Jeff Goldblum say kaiju. Yeah. Oh, oh, ka- kaiju. Oh, kaiju. Man, that's a really good Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so, man, I'm really excited for Thor Ragnarok. Anyways. Um, We've gone long in that. We should just get to recommendations. Um, well, no, no. We've got to do uh, Wasting Away in Godzilla Ritaville. Oh, I was hoping we could escape. We don't have to do them every episode. Okay, yeah. okay. Edit that out. Edit yeah. that out. I'm sorry, Brandon. And it definitely didn't happen. Um, I like how for the episodes, I usually do the editing. I'm really good and precise with certain edits, but when I want to be lazy, it's just fun to be like, have good production, but just make the decision to be lazy. Oh, like that time They're you deaf. left your full address in there? Yeah. And yeah. In an episode? <laughs> and I did edit it out eventually. <laughs> There's definitely plenty of us saying, like, oh, you should edit that out, and you'll be like, I'll do it, and then it's still in the fucking episode. Yeah. And that always makes me laugh the hardest. <laughs> well, it's good for comedic effect. Yeah, that's true. Don't give it away. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. Editor's note, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, going to recommendations. I've uh, been playing this all week because I was actually talking to Martin earlier. Guys, I've recommended so many Persona and Shin Megami Tensei games. I'm going to break them all and recommend a Shin Megami Tensei spin-off. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse. I've been playing on my 3DS and it is that good, good shit. Um, mm. It's a game series that's for really nerdy boys and girls. Uh, but it's basically you're in the post-apocalypse Tokyo and you can summon demons and have them fight other demons. It's just it's a good RPG. It's really fun. Nice. Yeah, it's... I always explain it's like a really dark, gritty Pokemon, and that sounds like I've never had sex before, but... <laughs> I have, I swear to God. And it was great. But that's that's my recommendation. It just sounds like a terrible HBO show. Yeah. It's like a gritty Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, This whatever. ain't your grandpa's Pokemon. Right. It didn't exist then, dummy. Jerk off motion, like whatever. <laughs> gritty Pokemon. I feel like there's probably a grandpa somewhere who's like... Young enough to have been around when Pokemon <laughs> came out, like they're, they're like they had like a a kid really early, and then their kid oh, had sure. a kid really early. Oh man, I like the story of Pokemon Grandpa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, have you guys got some burning hot recommendations? Um, I mean, I guess uh, I I don't know what I'd recommend. I oh, uh, Super Nintendo game I've been playing a lot of recently. 
Um, it's on Super Nintendo and Genesis. Uh, Sparkster, Rocket Knight. Super fun platformer. Um, I've got that. Yeah. Well, I've got the Genesis version. I I mean, they're both good. Fucking hard as shit. It's funny. It we were just talking about Attitude, and I remember in the 90s, like, Attitude was everything for advertising video games. Oh, yeah. And they basically had it, like, how he was just, like, the super badass, uh, you know... Uh, he's not a possum. What is he again? Um, he's a... He's a rocket knight. He's like a mouse. He, he is, he's no, a possum, no. I think. He's an armadillo. He from... No, he hangs no. from his tail. Yeah, all he's, the time. He, he is a possum because he hangs up down okay. from his tail. Uh-huh. But I remember so many advertisements, and this is the first time I think I started to become more conscious as a human being. Is I'd see those ads and like, why does he have to be edgy? He's a fucking cartoon <laughs> rocket squirrel possum thing. But they to were be like, fair, he, he he didn't have an attitude the way that Sonic had an attitude. Oh, so he's very expre- he's very expressive in that game. You yeah. see him like yeah, no, he, afraid he, of shit. He's, he's like fucking worried and shit. Like. The attitude was all the marketing. In the game, he's just like, I, got I need to, to save the princess and mm-hmm. kill this uh, legal knockoff of the Death Star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That, that was... I can't believe they never made a sequel to that game. Yeah. I know it was pretty popular. Like, ever. Wait. I didn't know a lot of people who had it, but everybody knew about it. Well, why you guys want to recommend it? I think there was actually a sequel to it. I'm pretty sure there was, and I feel like I... I watched this one guy's... I'll go ahead and ro- roll this in my recommendations. I'm a big fan of this guy, Daniel Ibertson, I think is his name, but he goes by DJ Slopes on YouTube, and he has this show called Slopes Game Room, where he does, like, the complete history of blank. Like, he's done, like, Golden Axe, Final Fight, Streets of Rage, uh, Grand Theft Auto, Star, just a bunch of, like... He does some more some cool obscure stuff too, but also covering like your favorite old game series. A lot of Sega stuff because he's a big Sega guy. Sega so had some good ones on there, man. Ooh. But yeah, he's he's associated with uh, Guru Larry, who's another British game reviewer slash journalist. Oh, I got it Wait, here. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm an idiot. No, Rocket Knight was the first one that was on SNES. The sequel is on Genesis. I knew it. So that's number two. Yeah, Sparkster Rocket Knight. But then it didn't get another game, which is weird because both games control yeah. really well and they're fun. They've got really like a really cool. Are you sure style. there's sequel? And it's not just the same game, just with a different. Yeah, game? No, no, that's what it says right here. The first one was Rocket Knight Adventures, and the sequel was Sparkster Rocket Knight Adventures Two. So the first one was on Super Nintendo, then the other one was on Genesis. Yeah, I've Traders. never heard of that happening before. That sounds Judas's. really weird. Yeah. I mean, I know they had a couple, like, Nintendo mainstays on Genesis consoles who were also, like, some of the best games they've ever released. Oh, yeah. No, Bloodlines? Like, yeah, Castlevania Bloodlines is amazing. Uh, Contra Hardcore, I've heard, is really good. Man. Sorry, video games, am I right? No, it's all good. I have a, uh, a PS3 that about two years ago used. <laughs> nice. uh, so I've recently discovered things such as Skyrim and the South Park. Oh, uh, fucking dude. Skyrim. I've wasted so many hours on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, great. Uh, I got a Switch, and they're bringing an HD version of it out soon, and I'm worried for my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw some of the PS4 stuff, and I was like, I'm just going to keep on using this PS3 thing until it breaks, uh, because no. otherwise I'll never leave the house. I've always had a hard time playing American RPGs. It's just... It's a hard, I have a, it's a big learning curve for me for some Well, reason. here's the thing. I will say this. This is what's interesting. So, actually, I, I guess I started playing it, like, a, a while ago when I got it. But um, I, uh, I 
I, ne I never grew up with video games. I barely ever played them. I play like the Smash Brothers occasionally in high school mm. with my friends. So I was coming in completely new, knowing nothing about video games, and it was pretty complicated and definitely had a steep learning curve. And yeah. I was kind of like, am I stupid for not getting... And then I played other games, and I was like, okay, these are kind of easier. And then I got the South Park video game, which I know they're coming out with another one soon. Which is oh, it came out already. already came oh, out. really? Yeah. Oh, see, I am not... It's, supposed to, be, fine, it's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. Well, this one, the, the South Park game, I didn't realize that it's like a one-for-one -one parody of Skyrim. Like, yeah. super, and so it actually ended up teaching me how to play the real Skyrim. Like, I'd be <laughs> playing right. South Park and be like, oh, that's how potions work. Oh, that's why I need to get ingredients. Oh, that's why this, okay, that's how the points thing works. And I mean, I know it's based in D&D, &D, which we used to play, and yeah. so I have a little oh, bit yeah, of background. Oh, yeah, Yeah. But, um, but uh, the South Park game taught me how to, it kind of retro- that, you know. Yeah. God, I want to play yeah. that new one, but it's not out on Switch. No. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. It's supposed to be even better than no. the first but, one. I mean, it's just like, it's as long as it's written by yep. Parker yeah. and Stone. Yep. And every review I've heard of it so far has been like, this is still fucking great. Yeah, it's even like, like solid gameplay with a great script. Yeah. And they went with a different studio, too, because this one like, was a little bit buggy, and it also had some stuff like the... Kind of in the first South Park game, like the mm. currency doesn't really make sense. A lot mm. of the disguises are kind of unnecessary, and so the new studio, I think, is, is supposed to like yeah. fix all that. Well, yeah, they're both really good comedy writers. I've always liked, but they're also huge fucking nerds. So they yeah. really yeah. like video games. So in yeah. all the interviews, they're like, well, we want to make a video game we'd want to play, which is a simple logic, which I think is good when people follow through. Because yeah. all the original South Park video games when the show first got huge were so crappy. Yeah, it just do oh, knockoffs, fucking trivia games. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there's like Chef's Love thing. Shack. Or yeah. yeah, but trivia games can be good. I mean, you oh, get like no, they, Jackbox. They can be fun. Yeah. But for a character based yeah. show, yeah. It was that, and then uh, they had a really crappy first person shooter game for N64. The yeah. old uh, pinball machine for South Park when it first got popular was kind of okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. It's a real machine? Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Just like Luke's a real machine. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can see that wink there. Um,. But let's get to those plugs and then wrap it up, I feel like. Sounds um, good to me. So I'm just going to go unplug my usual thing, which is my Twitter, at Kirkman Brandon, because I'm really good at tweeting. And hey, I've been posting a lot of art for Inktober, which will have been probably five months by now. Um, <laughs> so good. Oh, Your stuff you. is so good. Yeah. Thank you. I, I wasn't fishing, but I like what I call it. No, you got true, retweeted though. by uh, Paul F. Tompkins like yeah. twice, right? Twice. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm blushing here. You deserve, <laughs> you like I really times. didn't mean to set up like this because I feel like such an asshole right now. <laughs> But me and Paul, Tuff, Paul Tompkins are best friends, and we hang out all the time now, so it worked out really good. Come on out, Paul. Uh, come on. I know. You can't resist it. There's a podcast going. Get on it. No, I, I like the idea of you were fishing or searching for Paul Tompkins. You would just put a microphone for a podcast out, and it would summon him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you guys got any sweet, sweet plugs maybe three or four months down the road? I, I mean, I want to plug what I always plug, which is the Cupcake Comedy Cabaret yeah. at Gallery Cabaret every Thursday night. We have a showcase, we have an open mic, we get time, I record it all on a camera for free. Come on out for free cupcakes and just a fun night. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're still open when this airs, uh, Parts and Labor in Logan Square, it's a burger restaurant, I run the oh. kitchen, it's pretty good food. What? Oh. I'm a huge fan of your work. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them the same thing when you got the job there, because I love just their hamburger. It's, yeah. it's so yeah. perfectly done. It's what I want in a hamburger, a cheeseburger. Well, now that Logan yeah. Square has become what Logan Square has become, we just have so much competition that built in the past year right around us. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, that's making me feel great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's my first name, last name, uh, Rebecca Lozier. And then every second Friday, coming down to Pilsen, 8 o'clock for Andorka's Comedy Review. You can find Very us good on Facebook. And then, uh, thank you. And then every uh, third Friday, 8.30, uh, Tabler Tales Comedy, uh, which is at the VFW Post 93. It's right next door to Jerry's Grill, if yep. you know where that is. Um, one thing I like about that place, too, uh, I've, uh, actually, I did the show back when uh, Mary was still running, who's a past mm-hmm. guest. And it was really fun. I liked it a lot. But you can drink for really cheap so there. So cheap. The, probably the cheapest place so you can drink, drink in Chicago, for yes. sure. I, yes, like hands down. I mean, we're talking like two and three dollar drinks, like yeah. every like I forgot, every, VFW, everything. I forgot VFWs could serve alcohol. Oh, and boy, do they! <laughs> yeah. I remember showing up. I was like, well, one of the first times I showed up, they had a bunch of like pamphlets for different types of twelve um, step programs that they offer, which is awesome. And I said to Mary, I was like, can I um. I have some like drug and alcohol material. Is that going to be a problem? She's like, that's not going to be a problem. That's yeah. fine. Go <laughs> for it. They're going to love it. So it's it's really fun. It's dog friendly. Sometimes Aww. we get dogs in there. Really so cute dogs. Come on by. It's it's real fun. They're both really fun shows. Yeah. Um, one of the my favorite things too is uh, Barbara, my fiance, when me when I had a set there and I, I did pretty good. But uh, Kristen Light or is it yeah. Lady now? I forget. Kristen Lighty. Like, when she went up, Barbara fell in love with her. She's, like, <laughs> by far her favorite comedian ever. So anytime she's on a, like, lineup, Barbara's like, we should check that out. Because usually she does not want to see comedy anymore because, boy, it gets rough. I love when that happens, though, when you bring an outsider and they're, like, yeah. they, they connect with someone else. Like, that's yeah. kind of my favorite. Because, yeah, she's yeah. also one of my favorites. She's so oh, she's good. great. I so. love Kristen Lighty, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Bloody Mary Podcast. Check that out, too. It's a really yeah. great one. But, uh, guys, I think we're done. Yeah. Uh, so we traditionally end every uh, every podcast by mimicking the roar of whatever monster was on screen. But he did not speak. So let's all have a moment of silence for gods. <laughs> oh, I forgot one other thing I want to complain about. What's that? Uh, so he had a stone sword, but he never used it. Chekhov's stone yeah. sword. Oh, yeah. Right? He hated yeah. that. Well, they never... Uh, they, yeah, I mean, they never, like, called attention to it, but it is. He had a stone sword and he didn't use it, so... Chekhov said, if you no. have a gun in the first chapter, it better go off in the second. That's true. <laughs> I, well, I, like, I'll end on this idea is that he had that sword, but he's like, guys, look what I fucking did without this sword, so don't... Right. Yeah, he don't. extinguished fire just by, like, blinking at it, and it yeah. all went out, uh-huh. Yeah. I got one thing I want to say. That Wendy's I had earlier was really gross. Well, <laughs> not very good. Granted, like, it sat in the car on the drive over here because I didn't want to eat it in the dude's BMW, yeah. but still, like, I know they're more like Burger King now. There were so many condiments on it. Oh, man. Wendy Wendy's in, used to be really good. Sorry. Are Wendy and the Burger King kaiju? Oh, shit. Mm. We're going to end this De- on a mystery. Definitely the king. Yeah. I think okay, that, no, let's have this discussion. You right condensed that down to just American capitalism, I think. <laughs> oh, that, that is for sure, Kaiju. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write that on the list. Okay. Yes. That's my mark. Put that on the Jew if I'm right. No, oh, God, that, no, don't do that, please. <laughs> Luke is voluntarily licking the non-volt battery. I'm pretty sure it was my idea <laughs> to start it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a word in it, we just end up madness, which is, you know what? That was a good run. Yeah. <laughs> See you puppies later. All right, good night. We regret that you have not yet complied with our order. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs>